one of the great things, and you can go ahead and be seated, um, one of the great things that, that I feel like we've been able to accomplish now uh, is because we're, we're all wearing masks, um, is that we are able to see if people are smiling at us just through the eyes, right? I mean, we're, we're, we're learning to be great readers of eyes at this point, so it's really, really wonderful. Um, I would, uh, I, uh, one of the things I'm going to get to do uh, here in just a few minutes, which I'm very excited about, which is the reason why I am not speaking today, is uh, we're, I'm going to be heading out with uh, my wife. We're heading out to Tooele, and out of Tooele this weekend, we will be officially uh, welcoming uh, Forrest and Allison White uh, to the uh, uh, to the Tooele campus. Now, they've been out there since and, you know, kind of hired for several months now, but with coronavirus, everything going on, uh, this is the first opportunity I'm going to have to be able to get out there and super excited to pray over them, ask God's blessing uh, for uh, Life Church Tooele. God's doing some great things out in Tooele, and I'm so glad to have uh, uh, Pastor Forrest and Allison there leading the charge. And uh, today, uh, because I'm not going to be here, we have a guest who is really no guest uh, to Life Church Utah. Uh, pa pastor Alfred Marillo is a pa The reason we call him pastor is he's not technically a pastor here at, at Life Church, but he is a pastor to the valley, and uh, God has used him so many different ways. And really, it is a privilege and an honor to have him come uh, share with us today at Life Church. So, would you please welcome, all the way from somewhere just north of here, Pastor Alfred Murillo. Praise God. It's so good to be with you guys this morning. And uh, man, I miss, I miss seeing you guys, especially those from our class. I asked Pastor if we can bring the table. I thought he was going to bring the big one. Is this the big one? That's the big one. Yeah, okay. Well, I must have grown. Okay. At one time, I thought it was going to be up here. So. Well, praise God. I, um, for those that didn't know, for years, have taught a class here on Wednesdays for our adults and uh, missed that class. So a lot of you guys I get to see, and it's so good to, to be with you guys here. Uh, at the end of the sermon, you'll hear me quote something from a year ago last year, and so we're going to talk about that in just a moment, but um, I am one of your missionaries from the church, so I state this many times that I'm not a pastor with a missionary heart, I'm a missionary with a pastor's heart. Our mission is to actually serve our local pastors uh, throughout the state of Utah, and it's actually has gone beyond that, and so... Uh, Almost every weekend, I'm preaching somewhere and flying out, in and out, and um, from personal travels to preaching, uh, in the last two weeks, have traveled uh, over 5,000 miles driving, and so that has been really challenging, but uh, my son was able to graduate from college, went to Oregon from that, dropped my other daughter, dropped my daughter off, uh, Jackie, over in Texas, and just came from California last week, and so it's just been going a lot, and a lot of it, not only from personal, but sharing with churches what exactly we're doing here. You see, I want to say thank you as one of your missionaries, because not only have you given and you supported missionaries like myself, but you here, because we're local, you're able to get involved, and you're able to jump in and be a part, and because of our pastors, we've been able to see how Life Church has become the hub the base for our ministry. We call it Synergy in Action Network and be able to see here and all of our uh, key volunteers that are helping us drive and do all the things we're doing to get all the food that we're doing to help the people 
are coming literally from this church. And I just want to say thank you to all of our volunteers. Can we just thank all of our volunteers? If you've been involved one way or another, I just want to say thank you. But it's not just for help bringing the food, but every volunteer that's helped made the outreach possible here with Natasha and the Life Center. This couldn't have happened uh, without us making this. And this has really become the high point where I bring now pastors from other churches, they want to hear, they hear what's going on, and they want to, we bring them here, and we, then Natasha takes them on tour, shows them, and guides them, and leads them, and, and helps them to understand what exactly is happening here. So let me kind of give you an idea of what we're talking about. Prior to COVID, uh, back in March, we were excited when between about three or four churches that we were working with at the time, Life Church being one of them, we were excited at that time when we would average about about 100 to 125 a week serving families. There was 30, 40 here, 30, 40 at the others, 10, 15. By the time we added everybody together, in a week, we were excited if we would do about 100, 125. Can I share with you now, since COVID, what we're doing now is clearly over 1,200 families a week serving boxes of food and helping and going from there. And again, that couldn't have couldn't have happened without your support in making this possible. Now, it's not just the four churches. We're looking now at about 30 churches that are jumping on board and new churches and new stores helping us. Uh, a big uh, addition to all the food that we were getting from Costco is now working with U.S. Foods out of Ogden. And that's a big distribution company and getting so much food from them. And this thing is just unraveling so fast. We're just trying to do what we can to stay ahead of it. And, and be able to go from there. So if you want to be involved and say, hey, I, I'm just hearing about you know, what you're doing to serve the community, speak with Natasha. She'll be able to help you and, and guide you to how you can be involved locally here and uh, be able to go from there. And so I've been uh, speaking, like I mentioned, for the last, uh, well, every Sunday almost throughout, throughout the summer. But there's been a unique tone that I've been sharing throughout the summer and because of all the craziness and chaos and all the stuff that's happening in our world outside of coronavirus and the idea of the riots and the idea of the racial tension and the idea of the election and everything going on, I've had to clearly share with people that um, making this statement, I, I'm not Republican, I'm not conservative, I'm not Democrat, and I'm not liberal. I'm biblical. And so what I will share comes from the Bible and what the Word of God says and how we should deal with what we're dealing with. Tim was able to help me yesterday, and him and I had a really good discussion about this as far as how do we approach what's happening according to the Word of God, not based on our own feelings, not based on just what people want us to say because this group wants to say this and this group wants to say this, but to give people the idea and understanding that there is a third option. That third option is what does the Bible say? Not what they say or what they say. What does the Bible say about what's going on? In times of chaos, in times of trouble, it's something how we as family have a tendency to want to rally together and be together. You see, when Christ came on earth, he came with that intent to show that in all the craziness that was going on in that time with the Romans and what they were doing to literally persecute not only the Jews, but everybody within that area, because as they conquered, they came in. But Jesus came in in a time that was so troubling that as he spoke to them, he was able to share a basic, simple message. And that message is what we've been continuing as pastor's been on his, 
on this series here and out of the book of Galatians. The portions of scripture I'm going to share with you, I'm going to share this, have seriously, radically changed my life back when I first got saved. Because to understand what I'm going to read to you and dive into it, it's something that helped me understand who I am. Because that was a question I always had. Where do I belong? And maybe sometimes we all deal with that at one point or another. Do I fit in? Do I belong? Am I accepted here? Do they like me? Do they want me? Do they love me? And all these questions come in our minds and feeling, you know, sense of inadequacy, sense of just not feeling like I'm a part of. But understanding when you get into the Word of God, well, what does the Word of God say? What does God say about where we're at? The disciples were kind of confused with that because in the issue of prayer, they came to him and said, Lord, how should we pray? And then the Lord spoke and gave us what we refer to as the Lord's Prayer. And he starts off by saying in the Lord's Prayer, just simply, our Father. Stop right there. We don't have to go anymore. You know the rest for those of you that memorize. How many memorize that? Right? You said, you said that almost every day of your life with the little ones or whatever. Stop right there. Our Father. To help them understand that this God that's so out there, that has created the world, created everything, literally loves you and I to the place that he is a father to us. Not just an authority, not just the king, not just the Lord, but he is a father. That's how Jesus addressed and said, this is how you should pray. This is how I should pray. Our father directly going to him. For some, using the term because we relate the concept of a father to our earthly fathers and we find ourselves in a situation where it's probably not the best example. And that's the case where I'm saying how it changed my life. I got saved in September of 1980 and I gave my heart to God and life changed and things drastically moved in such positive ways. But there was some things going on inside of me that I still had to deal with. But it wasn't until Father's Day of 81 that the pastor of the church said, I know some of you have trouble issues concerning your father figure. And he says, you know what, right now, and he shared with me and how the Lord says he'll be a father to the fatherless. And he went on and saying a husband to the husbandless. He goes, whatever you're lacking, God will fulfill. God will be that for you. And he says, come up. And we prayed. And I remember coming to an altar over here on this side. And, and I knelt down and I just prayed and, and broke down. You know, I was supposed to be this tough little cholo, chubby little guy, you know, you know, tough and whatever. And here I'm bawling like a baby over here. And God just broke me down and said that he would be a father to me and that I'm loved and precious in his sight, yes. I want you to go to the first verse that we're going to dive into, continuing with the series here. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, it says, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Look at that again. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm. In this concept, understanding really my identity and who I am, it's basically getting to this point that in Christ I have freedom. When I accepted the Lord in my life, he set me free from the bondages and the ways of this world. 
The only reason why the ways of this world have something on me is because I allow myself to keep going back to the world. But he's saying here, you have freedom. Basically saying, if the world has any influence in your life, it's because you're choosing it to be. Understand this concept. We have a choice. We could choose faith or we could choose fear. Fear is a choice. It's not forced on you. You choose it. I choose it. As much as I could choose fear, I could choose faith then. And this concept here, for freedom, Christ has set us free. I could choose to live in freedom or I could choose to live in bondage. To stand firm and to be free in Christ is literally saying no matter what's going on all around you, no matter what's happening around you, the chaos, the craziness, to understand and to know that you are still free. I am still free. It may seem the pressure, it may seem the issues and things coming against us, but to know and to understand, I'm free. The world wants to bind you, wants to divide you, wants to make you seem like you're not worth anything. Where God wants to unite us, God wants to help us and let us know that we're free in him. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit. Again, see, submission is a choice. You don't choose to submit. Don't choose to the ways of this world. Again, to a yoke of slavery. That term, a yoke of slavery, is referring to the ways of the world. Those of you who understand the apparatus when you put two uh, bulls together or two animals together and you put a yoke on them to bind them together. Christ stated, he goes, I have a yoke as well, but mine is light. In other words, as you partner with me, I'll carry most of the weight. What is that percentage of weight that he carries in your life? Is it you carrying 90% and he's carrying 10? Oh, I believe in Jesus, but I got to deal with what I got to deal with. Or if we follow when he says, my yoke is light, so maybe we flip it and he's carrying 90% and we're carrying 10. You see, by submitting ourselves to the Lord, submitting ourselves to each other, helping each other out in this time that we're living in, God wants to help each one of us to pursue, to get stronger, to do it. And he's going to walk alongside us. He said he'll never leave you nor forsake you. He'll never leave you. He's a lamp unto your path. He's your rear guard. He protects in every direction. God is with us in everything and everywhere we go. Do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Don't choose to go back to the ways the world is saying to go. And it seems hard because the pressure's there. I just read earlier of a certain business where there's people were having a meal in a restaurant and these rioters came in and threatened them and literally the people left the restaurant because of all the chaos and the threats that were coming against them that even the restaurant owner sided with the protesters because of the fear that they were going to do what they were going to do. And they said to the owner of the restaurant, you side with us, we'll leave you alone. And so the newspaper article stated that. So it's, again, this forced fear of what the world is trying to do. But for freedom, Christ has set us free. The next verse I want to guide to, Galatians 4, verses 1 through 7. I'm just going to summarize here. It says, my point is this. Heirs as long as they're, uh, as this. Heirs, as long as they are minors, are no better than slaves, though they are owners of all the property, but they remain under guardians and trustees under until the date set by the father. 
what this is referring to is the idea that there are many within the body of Christ that literally say we are children of God, but yet they're living this double-minded world. They are still under the ways of the world and yet still claiming to be under the God himself. It's still a slave of you. Okay, the Bible talks about that it, there is slavery going on today. We know we hear about human trafficking and slavery in that mindset, and we think how grotesque and horrible, and things are being revealed more and more this year about all that. But do you know there's another aspect of slavery that maybe most of us are guilty of or in part of right now? The term slavery refers to the idea that you're in bondage under someone. It says if you owe anybody anything, if you have debt, you are a slave to that lender. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. Okay, how many are slaves? Yeah. No. But I want you to think about this. There's so many aspects in the idea of how we could be bound into something else other than God himself. To be set free is the idea of understanding and knowing that I am no slave to anyone or anything. Is it wrong then to have debt? Just pay your bills. Is it wrong then to do this? The idea here in the void and the scriptures here is referring to the idea that, look, there are some that are children of God, but yet are still into slavery, still bound. And it's set a time. And that time came when Jesus was born, when Jesus came purposely to die for you and for me. Because he came, he now shows each one of us that we don't have to be slaves anymore. That we were in this world of being Christians. We were in this world of being born again, saved. We were blood bought. We were walking with the Lord. But there's still waves of sin that are deep down inside of each one of us, possibly, that we are not surrendered over to the Lord. What is binding you? What is holding you back? What is holding you down from going all the way with the Lord? Because even one little snare, my friend, one little snare can hold you back. One little thing could hold you back. The Lord wants to set us free. Galatians 4, 1 through 7. So with us, while we were minors, we were enslaved to the elemental spirits of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as children. This is where I wanted to get to. And I wanted to un understand and emphasize this right here, that as we understand our walk with God, and now we are children that belong to him. This is the verse that got me, that I once thought because I was religious, and I did religious things, but I didn't accept Christ in my life, that I am now a child of God. And God is in me, and God is with me, and God is helping me as a child. Am I perfect? Absolutely not. But I understand that I can come to the Lord and ask the Lord to forgive me of my sins. Therefore, sets me free again. Washes my sin away. What was as red as scarlet now becomes white as snow. I'm a child of God. On that day that I was at that altar and I was there, I was at a point where I was searching and seeking and needing someone to help me. But when I read stuff like this, that I was adopted I was adopted in Christ. I was adopted, and God took me in. When I felt worthless, when I felt like I was nowhere, I belonged to nobody, God was there to say that you're my son. And from that moment on, guide me and lead me and help me. 
as I got deeper into the ways of God and understood more things, I come to find out that a lot of the prejudices and a lot of the issues that I dealt with were not from the Bible or not from God whatsoever, but it was clearly from the ways of the world and how the world was emphasizing how we are all separate, how we're all divided, how we're all ones that are kind of separate from each other and some are better than others and all different things. And I come to realize that, you know what, I am in Christ. In Christ, I'm whole with him. I'm not less, I'm not better than. See, that's huge for me because I was raised in a way where I, I always thought there were certain people that were better. They lived on that side of the tracks. I lived on this side. I lived in the inner city. They lived in the suburbs. They were of this group, and I was of this group. And I always grew up with this mentality that they were them, and uh, I'm me, and I always had. There was always them, and I always wondered who was the us. A year ago, I think last week, it was over a year, when we ended our classes for the summer, and I was teaching a class here about the differences between Islam, between Judaism, and Christianity. And at the end of the nine months of teaching, at the end of the very last class, about the last 10 minutes, I asked this question, and I asked this question with you today. What is the definition of Caucasian? I know some of you are thinking of a color. As I looked into it, the definition from the Census Bureau of the United States of America, the Census Bureau of the United States of America states it this way, anyone from the region of Europe, that sounds right, but it didn't stop there, it went on. From Europe, from North Africa, and from all of Asia. And I was like, what? Others refer to the Middle East. And then I wanted to look deeper into it, and I found out that the word Caucasian comes from the mountain range of the Caucasus Mountains. The Caucasus Mountains. It's like the Rocky Mountains that goes from Canada to Mexico. That range is huge, and it goes from the north way up in Russia all the way down to India. The Caucasus Mountains. Did you know that people from India were referred to as Caucasian because of that area? Did you know Filipinos are known as Caucasian because of the Spanish influence? My birth certificate says Caucasian. Can you tell I was a little confused about what the world was telling me and what I was trying to understand over here? And why am I bringing this up? Because I found out that there was a scientist, an atheist, a communist guy back in that day. He was kind of the authority of that time, kind of like we have a certain doctor today who's the authority over corona and everyone in the world listens to that one guy. Well, back then, this individual said that, said it this way, that from now on, those from America are going to be considered red from the natives. Those from Ethiopia are going to be considered black. Those from Mongolia are going to be considered yellow. And those from Europe are going to be considered white. He was the one that came up with the color scheme. He was the one that the whole world bought it. Not only the whole world, my friend, but the church bought it as well. They bought the lie. What is the lie? They bought this lie. How do I know the church did? Because we wrote a song about it. Red and yellow, black and white, we are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Is it a lie that Jesus loves us? No. Is it a lie that we're precious in his sight? No. 
but it's a lie that we would think of each other in color versus what the Lord himself wants to direct each one of us. Because he says, as you read it in Galatians, he says that there is no Greek, there is no Jew, no male, no female. We're all one in the spirit. You see, the Lord wants to unite every one of us. When I started reading that and I found out that it says here, this whole thing and this man is the one that kind of separated us. This man doesn't even love God. And the next thing you know, I go, what does the Bible have to say? So I looked into Genesis and found out that when Noah was with his family in the water and the water started receding and the water, as it was going down, the boat landed on a certain mountain in the North Turkey. North Turkey is in the heart of the Caucasus Mountains. It landed on Mount Ararat. You can read it in your Bible. As it's there, it says that the boat stopped on Mount Ararat, which is in the heart of the Caucasus Mountains, which means, and they believe this, they believe that the whole world actually started there. Well, it did for the second time. They believe that the whole world started there. So really, my friend, this is what we're talking about. We're all from that area, and the word Caucasian has nothing to do with the skin color. It has everything to do with the region that we're all from. Why am I bringing this up? You see, the world wants to separate us in any way possible. The Lord, as we were just reading, he sets us free, free to understand that we're one in him. That we're one in him. As the world wants to say it's this or it's that or it's them. There is no them, my friend. There's only us. There is no them. There's only us. And as we take a stand and don't let the world and the pressures of this world come against us and try to guide us and direct us and say, this is what you have to do, or try to put fear in us, stand firm. If you're going to stand, stand firm. I end it with this. At one time, I used to take martial arts. I know looking at me right now, you don't look like that. But at one time, I'm still trying to, you know, there's a get rid of your winter coat. I'm trying to get rid of my corona coat, you know. And so at one time, I took martial arts, and I was told this. If you're going to stand, don't, if you're going to fight, don't stand like this with your feet like this. Just straight forward. If you're going to stand, stand with intensity. So our leader said, put one foot this way and the other foot this way. So that if I was going to be pushed this way, I would balance. If I'm going to be pushed this way, I would balance. Basically what he was saying, you never know when the world's going to come against you. You never know how they're going to try to cheat and do what they can against you. It says if you're going to stand, stand firm. Would you please stand with me, please? So I could see some of you are going like this. You're ready, huh? I'm ready. Lord, we just thank you so much for this opportunity to come together. We're living in crazy times right now, God. But Lord, because of you and we're children that belong to you, we're free in you. And we thank you, God, for all that you're doing in our lives. And we ask you, God, now that you would help us, that, God, we would stand firm. And Lord, we're not coming against anyone. Lord, the Bible even says clearly that if our enemy is hungry, we should feed them. Do not repay evil for evil. So God, help us, Lord, in these days. And help us to learn your scriptures and to understand your verses.
Help us to speak your words. Bless my friends here, God. Those that don't know you, Lord, that they would call out to you. That they would say, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. And from this moment on, Lord, I live for you. If you said that prayer, speak to me afterwards. Speak to someone. Let them know that you made that declaration to follow the Lord now. But God, for my friends that are here that know you, that Lord, if there's any snare that's holding on to them, that they would let go. That they would choose to cut away. That they would be free. Help us, God. We praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. amen. God bless you. God bless you. Have a great day. Have a great Labor Day weekend. Enjoy your tomorrow. God bless you guys.